We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. A small business. We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Property management. Place good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. Truths. We got the truth. <laughs> we got the truth. Yeah. We got the big truth. Yes, we Small do. Small business sponsored, sponsored by, by SI Rent. Good Woo! grief. Wow, what an opening. We are here with Travis Castle. Give him a hey. Hey, hey, hey. And Joe Watkins bringing you the big truths of small business. Thanks for coming back to our very popular podcast. Um, by popular demand, we're back. <laughs> very popular. <laughs> it is incredibly popular. We're Joe. back. And we're back with a subject matter that's near and dear to Travis's heart. It's a hard truth. It's a hard gospel. It's a hard, hard truth. Is that it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a big truth. It's, it's a big truth, and what we're talking about is a, I, I want to call this, I'm not going to give you what it is yet, because that's part of the podcast, but it is, a, it is a, maybe an underspoken skill, or tool, or trait, or, um, you know, I don't know, any version of what you want to call in your small business toolbox, when you're trying to accomplish something, we think we have the biggest, most understated tool that will accomplish things well beyond most other tools in your toolbox. Mm. Is that fair to say? I would say this perhaps is a foundational tool. Oh. This is uh this is the hammer. What's a toolbox without a hammer? This is this is the hammer. Well, what's a toolbox without a bag? It's a box. <laughs> Oh, it's a box. It's like a What's box. a toolbox without a box? <laughs> without what do you do with the tools if you can't put them? You gotta have a box. So it maybe maybe that foundational is what you're saying. All right. So I think this falls. We'll debate the, that. I think this falls in the category. Let's get to it. Mm. You ready? That's fine. All enough. Right. Enough. Enough of the fluff. Enough of the fluff. What you're always telling me. And well, and, and one of the things that I appreciate or didn't appreciate is we didn't get an applause. Right. We should always get an applause. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. We should always get an applause when we we're introduced. Okay. Tell what? Let's hey, tell our uh, producers that. Michelle? <laughs> Michelle, can you work on that for us? <laughs> where, Michelle? Well, where is Michelle? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. Let's get to I it. I guess producers want to get well, paid. Well, well, yeah. We have to talk it's to her. It's not about a very that. humble quality. Yeah. I know. Uh, you know? Speaking of humility. Whoa! Did you just, just name it, it already? It well, we're, we're far enough in now. I feel like that. Oh. I feel like if you've listened to this point, we you qualify as a subscriber or a listener. So I think I think you deserve the meat. In, in all point. seriousness, we've been kidding around here, but we do believe that humility, and we're going to talk about how it can be used, uh, what it is, how maybe in inaction, how you might use it in different circumstances. But we believe that humility. The ability to show humility is a very, very powerful tool, skill to have. Maybe 
I, I want to pull back from the, the term skill and even say some right. of this is retraining who you are if you're going to be really good at it. But I think it can start with that you need to have the humility skill. Mm. I think we could say that, right? We think it's real important. Yeah, I think so. No, I mean, I think it's countercultural. I mean, I think right now when you turn on the TV and we start seeing figures in our society that are uber successful or are super rich, uh, and I even hear guys talk about this. Well, you know, I mean, at Michael Jordan, you know, his documentary's out and every, every, everything now is Michael. You know, the thing about Michael, I mean, man, he was just so um, driven. He was so competitive. Usually the word competitive goes with a lack of humility, if you notice that. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to. I don't, I'm not saying it has to, but I'm just saying as people in their thought life here, the super successful guy, Jeff Bezos, whoever it may be, the hyper-competitive guy is also thought of as a bit self-centered. Can right? be. Can be. Well, I'm just saying, in general, we, we give a hall pass to the super successful guy. We do. If he's self-centered, we go. We, we look at enough of those guys, and we go, "Well, that's just a trait. That's a, that's that's a general trait of guys that achieve this massive success." Is there, you know, I mean, it's kind of got to be all about them, Joe. Everybody really needs to kind of hover around them and make it all about them because they're, you know, they're the superstar. Right? Well, let, let, let's let's say what it is. They are superstars. They are superstars. And so, what we're seeing as an audience is we're seeing this on the back end of their superstardom. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, what, what, what did it take to get there? Yeah, confidence for sure. That's right. Um, but, you know, we're also talking about, you know, ultra-talented individuals at a highest level that we, that, we, that, we, that we raise up. And what I want to talk about is the, is the working man's golfer or, you know, the working man or woman in any trade or environment you know we're not all superstars okay we can try to be we think we are in our own mind sometimes but thinking i'm going to be a tiger woods on the golf course is just a failed philosophy well i mean that that's true but the point i'm trying to make is i think people at times try to mimic some uh, a a trait of a superstar that maybe that superstar developed after, to your point, after they became after superstardom. It's not why they became the superstars. No, my no. point. So anyway, going to that diatribe to say, well, let's recognize that's kind of a part of thought life of society. Uh, now we're going totally against that grain, and we're and we're going. You know, if you watch the early stuff on some of these guys, and you know, and, and looking at this stuff, I'm looking right now. You can't see it, Joe, but there's a picture of Jeff Bezos. Sitting here, I will show it to you so you can get a sense of, of the context here. So this is Jeff Bezos back in the beginning of Amazon, right? Yep, yep, yep. So yep. he's uh, telling what you're seeing. Wow. It is a put-together desk, maybe with a plywood top, with a handwritten Amazon logo. I mean, in a nothing environment. This is this looks like every small business yeah. guy listening yeah. to and this wor- show. And, right and worse, right? Possibly worse. So the desk is actually a door. This is his kind ah, of, of course, of course, now it's his famous go. door desk, right? There you but, go. So this is not even a real desk here. But anyway, um, the point behind it is Jeff Bezos, for all his interviews you may watch or conferences that he's speaking at, he's pontificating on the rest of the world and the future of society here because he's the uber successful guy now. 
this guy's sitting here work, working at a, a desk that he he made at home. I mean, kind of a picture of of business humility. humility. Yeah. And so, for whatever he may be now, I think it's important. I think what we're saying is don't misconstrue the superstar that has the uh, the helicopters and the limousines and the the big house with the guy that got there. Well, let's just talk about a real life example that happened today. Is the reason why we're talking about this podcast. We're talking about humility. Um, this happened in our business. We're flipping houses. We're building houses. We have a situation where I made an error in judgment on the on on who the communicator was and the style of communication that took place at a property adjacent to ours where we had a conflict. Mm-hmm. And the approach was rather aggressive. The, the first contact was rather aggressive. It wasn't me doing it, but I had employed somebody to do this. Rather aggressive. We need you to remove your cars. They're in the way. They're on our driveway. They're, you, you need to immediately move these cars. It was a sort of a dictatorship type. Go in and, and tell them what they're going to do. Okay. That was the tenant, by the way, that was there in the adjacent house. Lo and behold, an hour later, I get a, a phone call from the owner of the house who's exploding on me. She's so angry that anyone had any conversation with her tenant that it didn't matter what my goal was. She was there to fight me. Hmm. And, you know, what was interesting about this whole circumstance, and, and this was going to hurt, by the way, a, a potential, uh, deal in the making on our houses. Um, what was interesting about it when I, when I go back and go, why in the world did I approach this the way I approached it? Well, rather than looking at the outcome, looking, you know, uh, with the end in mind, start with the end in mind, rather than that, and then, and then putting together a plan, uh, that would actually get me there. The, 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 the sense of frustration that this dude was blocking this driveway made us go out and respond with an aggressive approach. So what, what happened? Well, everything happened. Hmm. Not only did they say, screw you, we're going to block the driveway completely by putting cars across it. We're going to not, you know, we're not going to sign off on some other things we wanted to get them to do, like put a fence there uh, uh, that was uh, adjacent to their property. And so what I have to do to, to sort of back up back this this thing back up i had to go wait a minute what 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 took place well what took place is is i screwed up and so we go back over there today in person you're with me you weren't there on the first the first time around no you're with me go in there tuck my tail knock on the door start with apologies i'm sorry we just we started this whole thing off wrong it was all my fault i own it these are my houses this is my company. It's all on me, sir. I'm sorry you were treated that way. Let's just get to why we were really trying to talk to you. And, and, and he just, he opened up and then he kind of had a problem also with something that occurred during construction. And I immediately said, let's go look at your problem. I'm going to fix that for you. And just, it just, the, the humility to say that, that I'm wrong. Even, even when I think that, that he's also wrong in some places, didn't point that out. Didn't matter. I'm trying to get to the to the end, which is the result that I want. And humility 
was the only thing that was going to work. And it was tucking my tail, telling them I'm sorry, putting myself in their shoes, giving them what they wanted. That's what was the only thing that was going to work. Well, a big part of that, and, and, and you actually mentioned this prior to getting out of the car and, and having that conversation, is even though you're not the one, and I think this is the posture you kind of have to filter through, things through to get to where you got, even though you're not the one that went and knocked on the door and really caused, uh, uh, the, the issue in the way that it was communicated, you're asking somebody to do something. Um, they really don't have any motivation to do it. It wasn't just one done right. But what, what led you back over there today is you recognize, and I think this is the hard part as a business owner, because we got all kind of rationale on why things should be the way that they are. And, and meaning we didn't do anything wrong, but you accepted the fact that that happened under your purview, right? So that's yeah. really step one prior to any discussion. Step one, it's, it's my responsibility. It's just your 100% response. If you sign the checks, guess what? You're the small business guy and it's your fault. It's your fault. It's all your Sorry, fault. Sorry, it's your fault. Even, even if it got to a level where you got an employee and you ended up having to fire them, that's that's still not the fix if, no. if it resulted in that. No. There's still stuff to do after that to show the customer, to show the public, I own it. Right. I, at the end of the day, I hired the wrong employee. Yeah. I'm not saying in this instance, but I'm saying you know, if it led to that point where you're getting rid of somebody, it's still the owner's fault no matter what happens. So I think that's step one. I think businesses that succeed, the leadership takes complete ownership. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, you know, what you did today happens to be – part of how to practice humility, mm. which is what we're going to discuss. Because I don't think there's a lot of disagreement. On, I mean, I, th I think thanking people, caring people, I don't think there's a ton of disagreement. Humility is a pretty good trait. It's hard, in fact, to be in business or be in relationship long-term with anybody, whether it's, uh, you know, who, whoever it is, somebody's product I'm using or somebody I'm doing business with or somebody personally, if they lack all humility. Yeah, humility... Uh gives the open ear on the other side you get the open ear you, sure. there's a lean into the conversation when you practice some some humility you, you don't come in with all the knowledge and all of the info and, and you've and you've got you know the other party has nothing to contribute even though they may not have much right. of anything to contribute right. you can't operate that way you gotta you gotta address that conversation where the other person leans in rather than leaning back and, uh, boy, you get so much out of And, by the way, you might actually get something out of somebody you were totally unexpected to get because you gave them the freedom to just contribute, even though it may be wrong. That's right. Contribute. That's right. Well, everybody wants to be heard, and, and, and that's part of hearing people. So I got the quote of the day here. Rick Warren, Pastor Rick Warren, 40 Days of Purpose, Rick Warren. Uh, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Yes. Wow. And that's, that is, that is, and that's hard to practice because we are naturally unequivocally selfish human beings without intention, without being intentional around this issue. In fact, everybody goes the other direction. Yeah. Right. Cause the first instincts to think about me, it's to protect yeah. me, myself and I, that's right. We, we, or, or seek validation for me, myself, and I, uh, which, which 
comes on the heels of uh, our cognitive biases uh, conversations. Well, it, it does. It, it even occurred to me that this is really at the heart of what's wrong with our political debate today. There's no humility. At some point, humility gets thrown out. Mm-hmm. And what wins is the loudest voice. In fact, the most unhumble voice uh, a lot of times seems to be what's winning. But pra- the practice of humility. So this is kind of like uh, when you start thinking about humility and trying to be intentional and thinking about self-improvement stuff, you're already kind of thinking about yourself a little bit in terms of this. So there's a, there, there's a bit of a fine line. Uh, that that I, I think you uh, can get into with, with humility. But number one, and, and this is what I saw today with you, so I'll give you props on this one. Humble people build bridges, not walls. Yeah. You agree I, with that? Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, the, so, so the other side of that story is when we left today, um, Joe had, had kind of made a friend uh, by, by the end of that with the guy that was an antagonist yesterday. Yeah. I got on the phone, called a property owner, said this guy's a jerk. And and that's how that was going down. Well, well today, uh, the gentleman was saying, hey, how can I help you guys? Right. Uh, by the end of it, nothing more than he got heard. He got to say what he needed to say. He got validated. He got validated that he was right and that we're going to fix it. Right? And so I thought that was pretty At cool. At least validated that, 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 that he was heard. But I, I, I didn't, you know, you don't always have to say somebody's right, but you, you got to say... Yeah, you know that makes sense. I mean, or you know, I I hear what you're saying, and and I, and I I apologize for not for not listening to you, you know, and 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 not thinking about your viewpoint. Absolutely. Sometimes it's just that I I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't think about your viewpoint. I just thought it was interesting that the guy became an advocate. He became an advocate. He said, "Hey, I, I I'll help you with the owner to get this done." Yeah, I mean, he's in, in fact, go ahead and put it in. He said, "Put the fence in." <laughs> well, in fact, he got he got her on the phone and called her standing right there. So. Yeah. Anyway, it was, a, it was a pretty good opportunity. And by the way, so here's uh, kind of another note on how to actually practice this. This is, you know, if, if, if you're seeing this happen, then uh, humility, I think, is a part of your business. I think it's also interesting to watch your people and see if you're seeing this naturally or if this is something you need to address in your business. And you just said it. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry goes a long way. Again, mm-hmm. as, as society moves to polarization and I have to defend my position at all costs, no matter if I know I'm wrong, Somebody just a simple, you know, and I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, I mean, like they said in politics, uh, that you just about don't even hear anymore, reach across the aisle a little bit, which is kind of like building that bridge. Well, the first step towards building any broken bridge, especially if you have a broken one, is, hey, I'm sorry. Shouldn't, I shouldn't have handled it that way. Shouldn't, I shouldn't have called you that way. I shouldn't have spoke to you in that manner, in that tone. That just went, the wall just goes, ooh, just shrinks. The rest of the conversation is different. I mean, what else, honestly, do you want out of somebody, uh, especially a stranger or somebody you're doing business with you don't know that well? Um, well what are you also doing? I mean, you're building a relationship, and, and you know, biz, smart business people realize that the relationships around them are vitally important, not just their employees, um, but, I mean, it's, it's your vendors, it's your customers. It's 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 even your you're you're calling the the charter provider and you're you you need your internet connection and that internet connection connection is down. How you handle that conversation 
with a little humility. There's no doubt. Is going to get that person <laughs> to jump through hoops on their end to get your chart to get your There's connection no back on. I mean, that yeah, that's just a testament to how rare uh, it, it is when you don't. When you're in a position and you don't have to use humility, and I'll flip, I'll flip the script here and tell you absolutely. When I'm talking to a, a customer, a prospective client, and they're showing me humility, mm. all of a sudden now I've got this motivation to help these people more than you know. I thought I was maxed out on my motivation to help them because I've got all kind of reasons to be motivated. But you throw a, a, a humble person in front of me, <laughs> I do whatever I do. Are you saying that being humble is also a a negotiation oh, no. strategy. We now are you now? Are are it's you a power move? Are you saying that that's that that's what you're? Is that saying that's possible? I'm saying it's possible. Wow. I'm saying a little humility. Not not. I'm not advocating false humility. I'm not weaponizing. I know previously you used and I don't want to bring up stuff outside the podcast. <laughs> but I know previously you used the word arsenal. I did. We were talking. I don't necessarily want to premeditated go in here and be humble to get something from me. Well, well, I'm not certain that's humility. Wait a minute. Well, let's debate this a little bit. Let's debate. Why don't you wait a minute? Let's debate this a little bit. I think that, yes, in the truest sense of the word, maybe you should read a definition since we're talking so much about it. But in the truest sense of the word, I, I would agree with you that we're, we're trying to get some realness out of your ability to to put to 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 actually care about the other side. When you really care about the other side, then you're going to form even your business philosophy and model and communication and print and media and everything around that. So if you don't really have that, then it's it's not going to play out well. Let, let let me ask you about that. All right, let me ask you about that because there's a company that I think does this, and they've made it their. Uh, what would you call it? Their lead, their lead magnet in the world of marketing. Yeah. Um, who is it? Uh, the insurance company. They will put you. You you come in. You fill out the stuff, or you call. You nationwide is on no, your side. I think it's Geico. I think it's Geico that says we'll match you if it's not us. We'll match you with the right insurance company. There's one of the insurance companies that does this. Mm. I wish I could think. I think it's Geico. Mm. I think it's their 15-minute phone yeah. consultation. Yeah. Honestly, that comes off a little disingenuous. I mean, how many people, if it is Geico, if not Geico, I'm sorry, let's use Geico. How many people call Geico and think they're getting a consultation? And, in, and I could be wrong. Maybe it really is. I just doubt they're spending millions of dollars to send people well, to Well, here, here's something what I'm saying. What I'm, what I'm debating, what the debate originally was, is can humility be used as a strategy versus you just actually are humble? And I would submit to you that it can be. If, if, if I'm beginning with the end in mind, first of all, let's, let's, let's say that we're not trying to take advantage of people. We're not promoting it in any, any of this podcast ever that we're trying to take advantage of people, get over on them, sell them something they shouldn't buy, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about if if we know that they're about to hire a property management company, which we are. Yes, I rent property management, by the way. If they're about to hire a property management company, they're gonna they're they're hiring somebody, Travis. And what I know is unequivocally that we're their best solution. If 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 I've already determined where this house is, that it's it's something that fits our profile, this owner is somebody that fits our profile. 
meaning they actually, you know, want a property management company and they're willing to spend some bucks. Um, and I unequivocally know that we're their best solution. Then, then I need to start my conversation with the end in mind, which is I want that client to do business with me and being arrogant about the fact that I'm the best property management company may not get it done. Now I need to give the facts. I need to, I need, but I might need to be humbled enough to, to suggest that maybe we're not the best fit for everyone. Um, we certainly want to, want to help you in either way you, anyway, we need to, 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 to maybe Jack Geico has a great model here. I'm going to help you find the right solution. Let me humble myself to say that maybe I'm not the right fit for everyone. But what does that do that that breaks down a potential wall for them to listen to the actual information I want to give them? And I think that can be a strategy. Because at the end of the day, as a salesperson, you're trying to close that lead. It's pretty pretty crafty from an old veteran one I hear. If you don't close that lead, Travis, you have failed the sale, you don't make any money, and your boss is not going to be too happy, and, and that'd be me. There's a, uh, wow, I have to look at that org chart again. So <laughs> the, 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 there, there's a little, I like to call it the underground uh, room of property management that every now and then I discuss. It's a little, you know, it's a little, it's underground. And one of these things we know about sales and sales calls and sales appointments is, uh, by the way, I don't use that word sales as, uh, that's not a bad word. Sales, this is this is the lifeblood of the business. So let's be for sure that strategy around sales is a good idea. Okay, I'm advocating that. But one thing we know is when we tell a customer, you know what, Joe, ah, I've heard what you had to say. I appreciate it. I've taken the tour of the house. I know what how much you want to rent your home for. You know, it could be that we're not a good fit. That sounds very salesy. Travis. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just stating it's, facts. It's, it's in it your could, delivery. It could be. On your delivery. Joe, it just could be that you and I are not going to be a good fit. What happens when I say that? What, what emotion does that do? Joe, what do we know happens when I say that? Well, the, the, well it might pull them in. Bit, whoa, 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 wait a minute. It, wait a minute. It, it might pull them in. Wait a minute. <laughs> it absolutely pulls them well, in. Well, hold on a minute. Why, well, yeah. yeah I, what, what do you mean you're not a good fit? I, I mean, I, I like you guys. <laughs> now, now what do you now, now what do you do in fact this is right out of the uh the sandor sales system that i uh, advocate here not a system i use all the time but it's appropriate sometimes you begin to get the prospect to sell you on doing business with them right so i do know you know there are some mind tricks here in terms of dealing with people and i'm not trying to uh, do, uh, suggest to do what's that. in their best interest i'm it's, not suggesting that's the key that. no. the key is if i am if I have a goal that unequivocally I believe is in their best interest and my best interest, but I got to get them there that if I need to strategically practice humility to draw them in and humility can, can, you know, I'm not a sales guy. You know, I, I just, I just sell because wow. people, you know, wow. I'm not a sales You're guy. You're not a sales guy. Not at all. Yeah. I, I, I try I love, to sell. I love how you hide behind that. I'm not a, a sales That's guy. That's a little bit of false hum- humility. Definitely, definitely not. I, 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 w- I would call that out. That's false humility. Well, I, I'm really not. But what I would say is, is that, uh, that if, if I need to use a tool in my bag, and I'm just going to say here on the podcast that say it. I'm not naturally humble. 
Wish I was, Travis. Wish I had it. Naturally. I have to work at it. Okay? So I naturally want to say, well, dadgummit, I, I know I'm right. Won't you just listen to me? Because hadn't I proved by all my accolades that I'm right? You know? Can, can I get... Huh? Can I get... You're right, Joe. You're right. <laughs> you must be right. You're right all the time. But unfortunately, the right play doesn't work. So I don't think it's a problem to, to, to do something that's not natural for me to evoke a much more pleasant conversation response. And, and I have to do that by thinking about it. I don't naturally always do it. That's why I screwed this yes. thing up earlier yes. that we talked about. I screwed it up the first time. Yes. I'm the one that told the other guy, go over there. You're a big guy, man. You're kind of big <laughs> big and burly. Go over there and kind of tell those guys to move their cars. You actually are utilizing intimidation. Yeah. what you wanted. That worked real not, good. Not necessarily the most humble tactic. No. Why did I think about that first? Because it's uh, not my natural gift. I, I agree with you. I don't think it's false to say, I know humility is a good thing. I know that people need to need to see that, uh, that that can break a wall down, and I need to be strategic about using humility. I, that, 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 I, I, that, I agree with all that's that. That's all I'm saying. I agree. Now, look, I will say this. It's one thing to agree with it. It's another thing to pull that off. Practice it, yeah. It's hard in the first 15 minutes you meet somebody while the wall's still up for them to get the impression of you that, hey, this is a pretty humble guy. I think he's going to tell me the truth, and he'll, he'll tell me if he thinks I'm wrong about this. It's hard to do. It is, and to your point, the most effective way is to go into any communication realizing that there's another party that has their own needs, their own emotions. They're, they're trying to get something out of this. And we may not know what that is yet, but if we're not sensitive to there's another human being over here, then we're not going to get the best out of this. Well, and that is the humility. I, I tell you what, the truth really is you, you do this. I do this. We really do turn business down because people aren't, aren't good fits. And we do it. So what, what I, I know is if you let people in your business on an ongoing basis, uh, even if it's ringing the cash register in, in the moment and they're not good fits for your business and you're not telling them that it's your job to tell them that. So if you don't tell them that, uh, your business will blow up eventually. You'll have a bunch of kind of high-maintenance people or people that weren't good fits, so they feel like they're high-maintenance to you, right? Your business will go I'm gonna get you. I'm going to get you off of your... Uh, well, I've been right about everything I've said Oh, so I'm going to get I'm you off that, of I'm your comfort zone. In the most humble way possible. I'm going to tell you to get off, get off your comfort zone with uh, with some humility. Turn off the iPad because I want, I want all Travis right now. No, I, I have to have the iPad. Yeah, I want the, all the Travis... IPad, provides the stability no i want all travis i I want i want to explore through our own experiences Mm. how Mm. we've seen the practice of of being humble and humility being effective people need examples i think we've already explained the principle here we need we need real life examples stories not 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 bullet points. Hmm. I want I want some stories. Turn that thing off and give me some you stories. You just gave me uh you just gave me some uh, uh some, some humble feedback. Some, some humble feedback. <laughs> you also just directed me to turn it off no matter what I think. Very humbly. Which I thought thought was a bit of an intimidation tactic. <laughs> so See? I, See? I'm just not I told you. I'm just not certain what right, Let's want. try let's try this for real. Hey, would you like to, would you like to apologize for yeah, Travis, let me say something. Yeah. I'm sorry that I gave yes, you a directive. Sure. 
So your your ability to communicate on the fly is so incredible, Travis. Thank you. Like the, the, the thoughts that come to you without any information in front of you. We do this all the time on the phone. We have no thoughts. We have no no, no uh, Google in front of us. We, we have no right? objective facts we, that we actually know whatsoever. And, 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 and our audience wants to, wants to hear this, wants to hear the beauty in the natural flow of Travis Castle. And I think you've got just incredible ability. The, the, your, your ability to dissect a subject matter you know nothing about. <laughs> Wow. It's just incredible. You know, I, and I want the audience to see it. I would like to say that you're giving an example of humility by backtracking <laughs> up. But this is what I'm talking about. Right after telling the, the millions of listeners that you're not a sales guy. <laughs> I just got apologized to. Just got told how great I was in every way possible. And, uh, and now I'm ready to do what you want, Joe. What would you like for me to do? Man, I just want you. I, I want to know. Start with a real life example of humility where without having practiced humility, whether it was natural or not, again, the, the, what we always think that, well, that's just not my personality. I, I can't do that. Forget that. So much of what we do in business is, is creating a skill and an understanding that this is important in our business and we need to learn how to utilize it appropriately. So I, I, I still submit that we can't all naturally think humbly. We need to, we need to work towards that, but whether it was natural or not, um, tell me about a time where you, you, you turned a situation around or the outcome would have been dramatically different, something serious, you know, and, 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 and it was, it was that practice of humility that, that, that really, turned the tide well i mean so without being able to google that answer <laughs> you can't I, I google would, your life i would say um i would say in property management and we talked about this today i'd say in property management specifically uh the practice of humility you get an opportunity to do it every day you do. and so let, let, let me let me talk about the when circumstances converge this isn't just property this is everybody listening this is everybody that works at a business or owns a business, you have a customer or you have a client that has a problem. So the problem hits your desk and you're taking a look at it. And from your view, this problem, I mean, and I, I can, you know, I can make it specific. I can have a guy with a maintenance issue, an owner that doesn't want to pay for it, thinks it's the tenant's fault. The tenant thinks it's our fault or the owner's fault, anybody's fault, but his, and we're in the middle and we're kind of the referee. You know, if you want specifics, we could pick one, but you know, what happens at the end of the day, you got to get on the phone with both parties. And the way we make a living is we figure out a way to get that situation to where both parties are feeling good about it. Now, it doesn't happen every time. That's not possible every time. And I think you've got to, A, understand that. But what you got to go into it as is, look, I could go in here and call you Mr. Tenant or Mr. Owner, and I could just tell you a thousand ways from Sunday, this is your fault you need to do this. You, you, you. I push that problem all the way back on you. As the property manager, I could call the property owner who owns the hot water heater that busted. And I could just rail on that owner. It's not my fault. How dare you? I'm calling you the way, you know, blah, blah. I could make that all on the property owner. But humility, what allows us to kind of stay in business, and we don't always get this right. I don't always get this right. 
But, you know, I would say as I'm thinking through this, one of the ways of getting this right is pausing mm. and understanding before you make the phone call. See, you just came up with a bullet point without, the, without well, Google. I'm just saying. Pause. I'm just saying. I like it. Pause. If, if you'll take a moment and understand that, to your point, what do I want out of this conversation? Begin with the end of mine. What I want at the end of this conversation, I want to mm. hang up with a guy that if at least he's not happy, he may not be happy, but... He's not on Google leaving me a one-star review wishing that uh, he could leave less than a one-star review. <laughs> so if I take that humble approach and go, look, I understand your situation. You know, I understand. I understand. I empathize. I empathize. That comes, I think that comes from humility. Yeah. So em- em- empathizing is a huge part here. Yeah. I mean, it, it, give them, give them, they may not be all right in their, in, in what they believe, uh-huh. but there, there's a portion that's right. Well, so give it to them. Well, I mean, what, what, do I, what do I tell our staff all the time? A lot of times when we're getting irrational pushback, which is kind of what I'm talking about, when it's rational and it's just our fault, right. I think humility is fairly easy. It's for easy. I'm owner. sorry. We screwed up. We'll fix it. Yeah, I'm going to fix that, man. Yeah. But when I feel like, yeah, this is, you know, how do, I, how do I get this to where it needs to be? Is, is it really our fault? I think you've got to let that person be heard. You said that earlier. I think, I think if they're heard, I think if you empathize, I think if you slow everything down, then now you're talking to a much more rational person. You got to understand the customer um, versus uh, business owner relationship. A lot of businesses out there, that relationship is antagonistic. If, if, if everything is left unsaid, certainly the landlord tenant relationship is generally if, if, unless there's something that points differently, if it's left to its own, that's antagonistic. That's me against you. Sure. You need to come fix this now. Yesterday. Well, you're the one that broke it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And so by so you got to insert, you got to bring everybody down. You can't talk to everybody with their blood pressure up. And I think the way you do that, when you understand that it's probably one of the other guy's faults, is you show you show humility. So that would be what we do every day. Well, yeah, and it's it's uh I mean it's I think that probably is, is similarly true to be effective in a lot of other businesses is, you know, when everything's, you know, smooth selling, things are going well, it's kind of like conversations I have with agents all the time about contracts and contract language. You know, this, this contract language just don't mean anything. If anything's going smooth selling, it's, it's when it don't that the contract matters. And by the way, the contract begins with the end in mind. The contract thinks in advance a real estate contract or a business contract or a contract of any kind is trying to establish what the agreement really is and deal with any, you know, fallouts that could occur. You can't think about all of them, but you're, but, but the goal is that we've agreed upon something and in this contract, it, it enforces all the scenarios that we can think about to still get us to the end of the table. Because one of the things that knows that this contract knows and attorneys know that draw them up is that emotions will run high, uh, that people are not rational. Why do we even need contracts? Because rational, even rational, reasonable people, height of emotion cannot think clearly. So I think a practice of humility is realizing that the other person on the other side, on the other end of the line, may actually be, be very rational and reasonable. But they had a terrible day. 
their girlfriend broke up with them, their kid um, is missing or, or got in a car accident or somebody died. We have no clue. They just lost their job. They are at a heightened sense of emotion, and anything that represents itself to be conflict is just at, beyond their capability of having a discussion. So, you know, I, I had a, a girl that used to work for me in Chick-fil-A years ago, and she was my daily dose of humility every day because, you know, she lived in a trailer park. I think she paid $7,000 for her trailer home. Um, it, it was a very difficult existence for her as she had, she was divorced and she had a, a deadbeat dad who wasn't contributing very well to her son, uh, and daughter. Um, and, but she would come in to that restaurant, work that front counter with the most bright attitude that you can imagine. And and what was the interesting thing was, was not, it was not that, well, how can I, how can I be who she is? It was watching the customers react to her mm-hmm. is what was so humbling to me. Right. Because I didn't get the same reaction from those exact same customers. Because right. we're talking about some very difficult customers at times. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people that came and ate breakfast every single morning and they mm-hmm. were pretty particular about their situation, about what they're looking for and how hot they want this and the, exactly how they want their biscuit. You know, you know, I want the egg on top of the cheese, you know, whatever. And, and, and what she gave to them, what she recognized, whether she recognized it or not, it doesn't matter. It, it, it was probably natural for her. It's probably even more powerful if you can just watch her and then go, oh, my gosh, look how effective she is. She, no matter who the other person was and where they're coming from, she disarmed them Ooh. every single time she served them. She disarmed them. They could have lost their kid that day, and she disarmed them because she, she broke down their walls by just being a bright, humble individual eager to serve. It is a uh, it is the performance. It's enhanced- a shout out to Jennifer, by the way. <laughs> Jennifer, how are you, Jennifer? It is the performance enhancing drug for your business. It is it is the testosterone. It is the uh, it's the injection. If you had a room full of Jennifers. What does that business, what does any business look like, right? Because we talked about this earlier. Jennifer, you know, Jennifer is seeing a different room than everybody else is seeing because no her, her humility is allowing her to see things more clearly. She's more in tune with the customer's no needs. Question. She's anticipating things because she's not thinking, she's not, she doesn't have that mind space called up of, of that head clutter of me. Right. That's that's in, that, that's more empty than it is in the average person's mind. So she's seeing everything in high def, and everybody else is uh, watching black and white. What's interesting is, and I got to see this too, that the return to her, again, I don't think she intentionally did that. I think this is who she was. But the return to her was layers upon layers upon layers 
of, of pouring back into her because her exercise of, of humility and, and service, I mean, let's equate humility to just an, an utter service of others. If, if, we're, if we're holding them up and servicing their needs, that's about as humble as you can be. And you're doing it above your needs. You know, you want the extra that is not normal. And in order to do that, I've got to jump through three hoops to do it. And I do it without a blip in the radar, like it didn't cost me anything. Rather than pointing out what it cost me, you just do it. Here, here's one reason why I think people don't do it. Because I think it's an easy thing to agree with. I mean, I, I could see a bunch of heads nodding, a bunch of people going, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Why I, don't they I, do I, it, I Travis? That's true. Well, because it's an investment. It's an investment. I want I want to uh, I want you to talk to me about what I can do next week to raise my profit margin twenty percent. That's not going to do it next week. No, uh, might not even do it next month. It, it's it's an invest. So so you and I stopped today. I had a conversation with a guy you were frequenting their business, and we're talking about bringing him on. Pretty interesting guy. We don't necessarily agree a hundred percent on how to how to do things, but his version of this. Um, is definitely in humility. So he's been in business over 20 years now, very successful, tells me he's never ran one ad, does no advertising to date, zero. If you come to his shop and you drop off, uh, you know, something to get fixed, he's going to take, it's going to be about six weeks before you get it back. And every year he raises his prices. Right now, his pricing to do his labor is at the highest possible price based on where the industry is. It's a is. motorcycle repair shop. He's fixing your motorcycle at, at a high end. He's not a name brand. He's not a dealership. He's charging $110 an hour. So, uh, and talking to this guy, what I found out was, now he's he, he's of the, the model, the very small bit, him and one other guy. And he's running the front counter. He's got the uh, a mechanic in there fixing your bike, right? That's the model. That's it. And so in talking to this guy, I said, well, have you ever tried to kind of, if, if, if you're six weeks out, if you hire another guy, couldn't you just be three weeks out and do, you know, double the business, right? Or turn it faster. And his, his point was, you know, I just, what I haven't been successful at is finding the next guy that does the work that that guy does. And it's, it's supremely important to me that when customers leave this shop more so than money, and this guy meant it, you know, it's one thing to say it, this guy really meant it. But here's what's interesting. He meant all that. All that remains true. He wants the quality to be at the highest level. And as a byproduct, he's charging $110 an hour. He's not charging $110 an hour and then going out and creating a business that, no, that, that, no. that should demand $110 an hour. He created the business first, found the guy first, and then that allowed him to do it. So I think that's, what, I think that's painful. And let's even, you know, let's even dissect that a little bit more. We'll get him in a podcast. Yeah. So I don't want to go too deep in his, his, but this, I think this, this remains true with any business. He also recognizes in the industry that he's in that the guy that owns the motorcycle on two wheels, who, if you talk to the average person that doesn't ride a motorcycle, it's dangerous. It's, you know, why do you do that? Well, the guy that does ride the motorcycle recognizes some things in this that are important. And one of those is, it's kind of like my dad says about his airplane mechanic. 
You think you want an airplane mechanic that you trust, that actually has an ability. They're not running a factory. He cares deeply inside and out, toe to toe, end to end of that airplane. I want a pilot. I want a pilot and a mechanic. Because because absolutely, because every year, you know, in, in, in small avionics, they have to do what's called an annual. And it ain't going to get a little change. They pull the engine apart. Yeah. And they put it back together. Oh, I didn't know that. And they put it back together. And these little planes that land out at yeah. Plantera Ridge. That's, that's what they right. Do. That's right. And so you'd need a darn good mechanic because you're in the air. You don't so, need your engine to stop. Sounds expensive. So less than that, but to give you the example, yeah. your motorcycle mechanic, I'm gone for 10 days on a motorcycle. I need my motorcycle to, I need, I need it to perform. I need it to not break down. I need a, a screw not to come loose on my wheel when I get new tires. Joe's a motorcycle guy, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I am. And so what this guy has, has recognized about his business, and I don't think this is true about every business model, but he recognized his customer is the trust that is conveyed in a repair of your motorcycle. People will pay a premium for because it's too important. Now, every fast food restaurant can't charge a premium. Nope. Look, I'm going through your drive through I'm not waiting six weeks for my for my biscuit. Nope. Give me something that's pretty dang good. Get me the heck out of here quick, because I got about five minutes I can spend on going through this drive through So understand your business before you decide what you're going to invest in was the point of that little diatribe. Yeah. Yeah, you, you need to. Whenever anybody says something like that, I think of what's happening with uh, Steak and Shake now. Remember, Steak and Shake used to be a rare franchise. It was one over on 1941 in Jonesboro oh, yeah. on the south side of town. I think that was it. You had to go to like, yeah. you had to go a good distance. So good, good, th- good stuff. When, back then. Whenever you drove by one back, there's like, oh man, a Steak and Shake, right? Yeah. Go get a steak burger. It's kind of like a Krispy Kreme back then. I mean, to me, it was sort of a, and I could be wrong, but my thought of it was everything, well, I know that everything is made to order. It is. Hand-spun milkshakes. They put that burger fresh on the grill, never frozen, but you order it, then it goes on the grill. All all this stuff that they really kind of do different than fast food, but they made the mistake, I think, of becoming fast food. Trying to put a drive-thru in it. Put that drive-thru in it, went with the $4 menu, and they're closing restaurants by the hundreds Right now, Steak and Shake's going to be out of business soon unless somebody buys them or something. They lost their way a little bit. They lost their identity. They didn't figure out that, you know what, if it's going to be made to order and it's going to take a little bit longer because it takes longer. I mean, if you go through their drive through it's, I mean, compared to like a Chick-fil-A, it's, you know, quadruple the time to get through there. Yeah, and that's not what a drive through's for. Then again, we are in COVID days. COVID-19 days. And COVID-19 days are going to create a, uh, I don't even like saying this. I was talking with uh, somebody today saying, I hate to say the term new normal. I don't want a new normal. I want the normal that we know is normal. Let's, let's, let's don't do a new normal. I don't believe in that. But the reality. I believe in the new temporary normal. The reality is there may be some new normals. It's temporary. When are we going to be back in a stadium where we're not separated? When was the last time you, when was the last car wreck you got in? Oh, it's been a long time. Well, here's here's. What I mean, I not to my wife. It's according to her. I've had you know dozens, but well, it's been a I, while. I, I can say you've had dozens of near misses. But <laughs> right after the right after the car wreck, you're the best driver in the world for a few days. 
And then after that, maybe you ripping that corner up again. Talk to me. <laughs> That's what I think is going to happen. So I think we are going to have this little panicky thing for a while. I think eventually we'll be. We'll, well be hugging again. We, we, again. we may be. Um, we need to be cognizant because we also said that in 2009. Yeah. No, we said it. Let me back up. We said it in 2007, 2008. 2009, 2010, 2011, as millions of people lost all their wealth. You're talking about the real estate crisis. I am. We we thought, of course, the bottom is here, and of course, we're going up. Let's keep doubling down as we keep shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. So my caution, this is totally off subject here, in COVID-19 days, Mm. is to to measure the pulse of your industry, your business, what's going on in the world, what's going on with government, the environment. I mean, week by week, month by month, and don't make predictions two years from now because you don't know. And, 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 and stay close to the pulse. Don't be fear, fear-mongering your business, but stay close to the pulse. You got to do what works today. The, yeah. the, the bills are due now. They're due now. They're not due two, two years from now. So I, I agree with that. I'm just saying, like, even in that real estate deal, look at what happened. We're right back before all this. Took ten years, eh, not quite. You Two, know, two thousand seven was the first seven, part of this crash. Yeah, but by by, Eight. by fifteen sixteen, we were healthy on our real estate pricing we were again. Still twenty percent down from from two thousand seven. Twenty. Yeah, we were. Yeah. yeah. You got any facts? You want to Google that real quick? Now, if I had a Google, can't I Google because it's all. Right I, I know it's fact. I know it to be true. <laughs> wow, what a humble statement. And I'm not humble about it. <laughs> So, I mean, are you saying you're done? Travis gives me this little look and nod like he has no more information. I can appreciate that you can go all night. Some (laughs) of us have to go list a rental property at some point tonight. Oh, my. I guess, guys, if you haven't got the – I don't think Travis ever gave us a definition of humility, but I think we described it over the last hour. If you just use a little bit of – Put yourself in the other person's shoes. Is that humble? Is that humility? That's a good start. Put yourself in the other person's shoes for real to try to help better understand their perspective. That alone is going to give you a better approach probably to to, to achieve your goal. And I want to be clear uh, that I side with you in terms of that can be a strategy. That can feel fake. All that's fine in the beginning. Go, go with wow. it. Wow. Go with it. Go with it. Joe, that, I, Joe, I think you're right. <laughs> what? Joe, Joe, the, Joe, I'm sorry. Oh. Whoa. Travis Joe. thinks I am right. Joe, I'm sorry if I uh, indicated anything. Tell you what, I'm going to end it right there. We got the truth. Because I'm right, baby. We got the truth. No humility in that. I am right. Put it on your calendar. A small business. Because I got the truth. We got the truth. I ain't humble about it. We got the truth. But I practice humility. We got the big (laughs) truths of small business. Because sponsored by Yes, I Rent. Yes, I Rent. Yes, I Rent Property Management. I wrote this song. Collect your rent. <laughs> maintain <laughs> your properties and account did, for it. Did you write truth. it by yourself? Are you taking full credit? We got I wrote truth. the song. <laughs> no, we did. And I truth. sang it. Oh. We got yeah, big baby. Truth. Small business.
Sponsored by, by SRE. Come, come on, come back and see us. <laughs>